What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Look Listen. I am Ona Reardon. Joining me, as always, Mr. Liam Sheehan. How you doing, Liam? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, on? I'm good. I'm good. And he's back. The man himself, Jonathan Marcy. Marcy, welcome back, sir. Hello. We missed you. Where was I? No, yes, it's good to be back. Yes, I, 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 uh, I miss an episode there, but happy to be back again in the, the warm embrace of, of Owen and Liam. Yeah, you, you were replaced last time by our guest host, uh, the strained silence between me and Owen when we were alone together. <laughs> but now things are back as they should be. Do you know how awkward it was? All the banter beforehand was just us just looking at each other, pure silence. <laughs> Not good at all. Now I'm, now I'm getting self-conscious. <laughs> Gents, before we dive into the game that we are going to discuss today, which, of course, is Mass Effect, anyone have any news in terms of what they are playing? Um, yeah, this is John. I'll go first there. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, it's funny, for the last few episodes, I've seen you playing stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, I, it was actually you, Owen, you were talking about Detroit Become Human, how you know interesting it was, and you thought it was one of like, the best games, maybe, you know, David you know, Cage, and what are they called? I thought you were going to say ever. I was like, I did not say that one. Oh, it was very time. So I started that because it was on PlayStation Now about a week ago, a few days ago, I should say. Um, it's surprisingly very, very good. I won't say more because I think we'll do a David Cage episode. Oh, come on, we're not doing a David Cage episode. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Yeah, and you, you'll enjoy it. Um, uh, but it's just one of those games, man. Every now and then, I'm enjoying it. I'm like, wow, the visuals are great. The the story is somewhat interesting. I still don't like the kind of gameplay mechanics of you know using your analog to make weird mm-hmm. gestures. But every now and then, the writing is just so bad. I'm shocked. I'm like, yeah, but like it's just, yeah. <laughs> but like it, it, like so bad. It's like wow, that's awful. Like, did no one vet that before they put it in? But I, I have been enjoying it a lot. So yeah, that's what I've been playing for. Do you think some of that time. comes down to David Cage actually being French and him just literally? They take the script and run it through Google Translate and then they act that out. Man, that that's not a crazy thing to say because some of it does sound like a poorly translated piece of work. So he, you might he have also to be crazy wrong. He also strikes me as someone who will not allow to be edited. He's like, no, what I've written is perfect. When in fact, yeah. it's <laughs> very not. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's exactly like, and it's some the, the dialogue that's bad that stands out so much because the voice acting is brilliant. Like the voice acting is really, really good. Um, people give it their all, but um, I can't give an example off the top of my head right now. But the dialogue it just jumps out to you how poor it is. But I am enjoying it. Like. It's a good palette cleanser, right? You know, last few games I played were, were very, very different. It's so a beautiful it's game. Fun. I, I, it's stunning. It's, yeah, yeah it is stunning. Yeah. Liam, what about you, sir? Anything new? Um, so I'm playing Mass Effect <coughs> right now in preparation for this episode. And also just because I was always going to play the Mass Effect trilogy when it came out, um, remastered. But um, just before it came out, Nintendo released two games called the Famicom Detective Club. Oh, yes. Mm. Formerly Japan only games from the late eighties, like nineteen eighty eight. They were on the NES. They were on the NES. Automatically and, means it's a Liam Sheehan game. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and they're they're visual novels, detective stories, and um, so they remastered them. Beautiful new graphics, um, Japanese voice acting, and uh, so I, I was I was I was very curious uh, just because that's like a slice of gaming history that we weren't privy to. You know what I mean? It, apparently they were written by the guy who went on to make Metroid before he made Metroid. You know, it's like, it's really, is kind of feels like gaming history. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I went back, I, I, I played the new ones and uh, they're really good. Like they're really 
charming and like like honestly the main reason i really enjoyed it was just that what i just said just being like seeing this unseen chapter of gaming they're just they just play like 1988 visual novels they're very awkward um it's very unclear what you're supposed to be doing so you end up just kind of going through the same dialogue over and over trying to find the specific things the the, the yarns that they tell are actually little cool little detective things they're not mind-blowing but um unfortunately they're kind of just really awkward to play but i i, I was happy to give my money towards them because I like the idea of Nintendo releasing Japan only games from the eighties or any Japan only games. I think we need to see more, if not remastered, just port it over. I, I I love that idea. So I, I didn't love these games, but I was happy to play them. Happy to give them my money. They're very charming. Awesome. So mother tree, we are petitioning (laughs) to be released here in the West. Um, I haven't played anything new since uh, we last spoke. Um, on the episode that Liam and I did, episode 11 on Final Fantasy VII, so give that a listen. Um, I, of course, was playing Mass Effect as well. I had the choice of, of do I go Resident Evil 8 or do I go Mass Effect Trilogy? And I decided the money that I should invest would be better suited towards 90 hours rather than 8 at this current period of time. <laughs> um, and, of course, we knew that we were somewhat going to be talking about this series today, so gentlemen we might as well jump straight into it we are of course talking about the mass effect trilogy which was recently uh released as a remastered collection but originally for those who don't know about mass effect it's a space opera rpg series first released in 2007 from developer bioware it contained a tree game trilogy that centered around commander shepherd uh, and a fourth game was uh, later released with the game taking place in the Andromeda Galaxy, um, not to be confused with the Milky Way Galaxy, which was covered in the first three games. And that one um, had an entirely new cast of characters. Um, and as I said, about two weeks ago, we were given the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, I believe it is called. Um, and that is a 4K remastered version of the original three games. And Soon after that collection was announced, it was also announced that Mass Effect will be back. Not called Mass Effect 5, but they just told us that it will be back. Um, And that is a game that appears to um, combine the two stories of the two different series, um, the Milky Way Galaxy and the Andromeda Galaxy, later seen in the aptly named Mass Effect Andromeda. But we are speaking about the original series, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 today. Um, Liam, I want to kick things off with you. As we usually do, give me a brief history of you and Mass Effect, and what are your intentions? My intentions are to talk about <laughs> Mass Effect. Well, what are your intentions of my daughter? That's very, very question. <laughs> um, I got Mass Effect the year it came out, uh, two thousand seven, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. You're posting that as a question to me. I don't know. I got it, and I got it for Christmas, so I didn't get it like exactly when it came out. And I remember playing it and not liking it, and putting it down. And I didn't pick it up again until Mass Effect Two was coming out, and I was getting a, a ton of hype around it. And then um, I've replayed it, um, finally got into it, and just became a massive fan after that. I actually didn't end up playing Mass Effect 3 when it came out. For whatever reason, I wasn't ready to pick it up again because I knew I wanted to replay the first two. But when Mass Effect, when I finally got around to Mass Effect 3, a couple of years after it came out, that's when I became like a mega fan. That's when I did my complete playthrough um, of all three games of My Shepard and uh, The Connecting Story. And 
it's one of my favorite franchises, definitely, even though I don't love it wholly. I think the high point for me is Mass Effect 2. The low point is Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. Marcy, and that is the one that you actually haven't played. Yeah, I, uh, my memory, which is very poor, uh, but I think I first saw Mass Effect 1 in the lunchroom of HMV uh, in the Crescent Shopping Center. And I saw it was a Scottish friend of mine, Craig, who I think he, I think he's dead. I'm not sure he's up to it these days. Um, but he was actually playing uh, the first Mass Effect um, on Xbox. And I was like watching it. I didn't. And I, I've never actually owned an Xbox before. Uh, never owned a Microsoft console. Um, he's playing it, and it looked really kind of janky. It, 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 like it didn't look appealing at all. Like it looked like it was kind of buggy. He was always complaining about it. Um, he had a very thick Scottish accent, so I couldn't really understand what he what he was saying a lot of the time as well. So I just, it was a game I was just put off of right away. I feel um, like you have an agenda for this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I do, saying. yeah, yeah. I'm going to, don't worry, it's take it for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, then, and I might, my dates might be wrong here, but that, yeah, that was 2007. I think Mass Effect 2 came out in 2009, about two years later. Um, and oh, I think I'm getting this right. I remember seeing a trailer for it, maybe at E3, um, and really being impressed with it. And I bought day one, I actually pre-ordered and bought day one. Uh, from Mass Effect 2, and kind of like Liam, Love 2, that was brilliant, but was when I kind of wrapped up 3, I was like, wow, this is one of my favorite series of all time. Um, and then just recently bought the Legendary Edition as well, so yeah, huge, huge fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have an interesting relationship with this, with this series myself in that I think I started with 2, and I actually think I started with Liam's copy of 2, believe it or not. Did I know? Um, uh, no. And, I don't believe um, you. Do you think he'd notice that anything is missing from that collection? <laughs> yeah, it's huge. In the room yeah. that he's currently in. Right I now. still know some of my games that I gave away that I never got back from people. And it's a little, <gasps> yeah. little King like, story for the Wii. I want it back. I can't remember who I gave it to. <laughs> I, <want> it back. <laughs> I think it was my Scottish, my old Scottish <laughs> co-worker. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I started with two and then was so impressed with it that I went back to one and then it left a really sour taste in my mouth because it's, you know, the de- going through a devolution to a certain extent. Um, but uh, Mass Effect 1 was just so janky in comparison to into to Mass Effect 2. Um, and I never actually finished the trilogy. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it why um, I just wasn't... It, it might have been a time thing. Um, I think it's a series that benefits from the release of something like the collection now where you can, I've said, okay, I'm going to invest 60 to 70 hours and play this as one uh, through line whilst yeah, everything definitely. is fresh. You know what definitely, I mean? Yeah. Um, so let's dive into into one because it's it's an interesting game in that it's lauded as being one of the greatest games of all time. Yes, it's also infamous because there's so much that people dislike about it. Um, Liam, give us a couple of touching points on what you would guard as some of the positive points of Mass Effect 1 that really stood out for you. Well, the reason why um, I love Mass Effect One is really nothing about it as a video game, and I don't mean I'm not I, I'm not kind of going into this about just shitting on Mass Effect One and being really harsh. I think there's interesting comparisons to make um, with it in regards to the sequels, especially too, because I do think it did a lot of things worse. But there's people out there who, who 
to like one more than other ones because one is the most RPG-ish of the three one of the three games. But I think the only thing I like about Mass Effect One is that it's set in the Mass Effect universe. It's the first story. <laughs> it's the first story in the like. It introduces all these amazing characters and introduce like I love the Mass the world of Mass Effect. It's one of my favorite like fictional places. Um, the mythology, the lore, the characters, and I just love I love being it. I just remember playing that game and going uh, some you know that kind of Mass Effecty dialogue. You know, tell me about the Reapers. I'd be like, yes, just tell me about the Reapers, please. I, I love all this. <laughs> but um, I yeah, I, I will extinguish every dialogue tree in in, in that game. I just want to get all the the world building and the, the dialogue and the characters. But I don't really like it as a game. And replaying it now on the legendary edition, I it, it's and I'm playing it properly this time. So when I replayed Mass Effect One to get onto two back in whenever back in the late two thousands, I was like, I don't want to spend too much time on it. So I remember doing none of the side quests and just um, doing the main critical path, which is only about ten hours. So if there's anyone mm-hmm. out there who's finding they don't like Mass what? Effect One, they don't like Mass Effect One. Maybe in the new version, it's maybe slowing them down. You can do the main game in 10 hours. But this time, since um, there's some quality of life improvements, I decide this is the time I'm going to try to do all, not all, but a lot of the side quests and the extra content. And it's actually making me dislike the game more. (laughs) I I feel like I'm trapped in it sometimes. I kind of hate every side quest in it. Um, There's, yeah, so yeah, I'm just, I'm going into a tirade. I'm going into a tirade now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I I actually completely agree. Um, to be completely honest with you, it it feels like a bit of a chore. Um, a lot of the time, to be to complete to be completely frank, I the the bits that I appreciate it or appreciate about it, Liam, are exactly what you've said. Right? It, it's it's it does an incredible job at the at the world building, and it feels very very realized. And even for it's faults, and this is where I think Mass Effect Two really built upon what made the first, you know, the first game good. I wouldn't even say it's great, in, in my humble opinion. Was it felt like a real place, um, and that's kind of comes from a couple of things. One is the characterization of a, a lot of the the main core characters that you interact with mm-hmm. um, from a species perspective. So, you know, for, for those who don't know, um, you know, as a space opera RPG game, not necessarily, I wouldn't exactly call it a shooter. I wouldn't exactly call it an open world RPG game. It kind of walks this fine line between um, a poor cover based um, shooter with RPG elements. Um, but I, it's, it doesn't necessarily succeed massively on, on any of those fronts. But throughout, throughout the game, you encounter a number of various uh, species and you play as uh, Commander Shepard, Human Shepard. Um, I have chosen to play as Jane Shepard um, for, for my playthrough during the Legendary Collection. And one of the things that strikes me the most is how brilliant a lot of the alien species are compared to the human characters. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually what sucked me in uh, quite a bit. Both from a design perspective, but from a lore perspective as well, how interesting everyone except the humans are. Well, Owen, that's the, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, that's the Babylon 5 effect. I'm using my platform on a podcast to talk about Babylon 5. Remember that show? It's very similar I remember to Mass it. Dude, very I remember it because we were all in a taxi on a way home uh, from town one night. I remember the guy was playing Babylon 5 
at the front and Liam <laughs> struck Boy, up Liam, a conversation with the taxi driver. It was like, oh my God, is that Babylon 5? Like, that could, we're not here to talk about Babylon 5, <laughs> but the alien characters were much better in Babylon 5 than the humans. I don't know why I wasted airtime saying that. Uh. <laughs> um, what were some of your uh, favorite aliens, Liam? Oh, that's the thing. They're all great, aren't they? They're also like, you know, you, like I said, you can just start talking to a character and it's just like, oh, please, you know, tell me about your lore and your culture and everything. I, I like the Turians myself. They're the kind of um, militaristic guys and uh, they're, they're the guys who made contact with humans for the first time. But um, replaying it now, I've, I completely forgot about the Elcor, who are guys who are so monotone. They can't, uh, they don't have any um, different speech patterns. So they tell their emotion before they're talking. So it's just like mild surprise. Shepard didn't expect to see you here. They're great. <laughs> They're great. What about you? What about you, Marcy? I've never played it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played one. So oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't comment for at least the, the first thirty-three percent of turn of this podcast. I'll be very quiet. Um, I will say I experienced one in a different way from both of you, I experienced it through the interactive graphic novel that was provided from uh, Mass Effect 2. Have you, guys, have you guys seen that? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure oh. that's what I, my, uh, my initial, when I played Mass Effect 2, I'm pretty sure that's how, because you can have, can you have decisions from that carry over? You can, yeah. Yeah, because I'm yeah. Very sorry. Yeah, you said you played 2 and then brought back to 1. Yeah, I, 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 I remember I did the interactive novel and I was like, wow, this is better than what I've seen of 1. Like one looks so terrible. Um, at, the way it works is it's like a pretty cartoonish um, like graphic novel, but then and it's about 20 minutes long. About the last five minutes, it just starts throwing decisions at you um, uh, like crazy. Um, That's I, a cool I, idea. It, it is. No, it's a, it's a really cool idea. And it is mostly well executed, I think. Um, I just can't remember any of it. <laughs> 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 I'm actually no use for Mass Effect 1. Well, look, uh, look let, me, let me just say about Mass Effect 1, and now it's just fresh in my mind. I'm about 15 hours through a replay of it at the moment. Um, and the Legendary Edition is better. It plays better. But, you know, not enough. So my main problem with Mass Effect 1 is that it's, it is... It, I, don't like, I don't like its RPG elements, and I don't like it as a shooter. I think as a shooter, it was like... Bioware's first attempt at this kind of thing, like they're making a cover-based third-person shooter, and they just weren't equipped to do it at the time, and it's really awkward. Even in the Legendary Edition, it's still quite awkward. So it's a piss-poor shooter. As um, as an RPG, and this is personal now, so I'm not really going to say this is a, a, just a, a blanket negative. You know, different strokes for different folks, but I it has all these elements in RPGs that I really hate, where everything is in like increments. And you're like leveling up your character. It's hard to really care because it doesn't really feel weighty. It doesn't feel like when when the when the, the noise happens to tell you that your your crew have leveled up. Like I was playing it like the other day, and I was just like, oh, I couldn't be bothered leveling them up. I'll do it in a while. It's not going to affect anything. Do you know, I didn't feel like I was getting stronger. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of you know, I, I you should be excited when you level up an RPG. You, you should be excited to get stronger. And it's the same thing with loot. You keep, <laughs> I keep picking up machine guns and shotguns, and like one is slightly better than one I already have, and I like. The same thing, I'll go, I'll equip things. I'll check my equipment later. I don't care. I <laughs> I kind of I kind of hate that kind of RPG, but some people love it. It's very it's uh, it's very I don't know how to say it, I don't know how to say it in a nice way, but some people <laughs> certainly some people <laughs> like like those kind of games. So I think that's the problem, Mass Effect One, is that it's a an awkward 
RPG for me and a bad shooter. And I will hate play that game for the first characters and story though. But I am starting to feel now 15 hours into the legendary one. I'm just like, I can see two on the horizon and I really wish I was playing it. That's another thing. If we're okay to move on to two um, is that two course corrected a lot of things that people thought was negative about mass effect one. So dramatically that it kind of left a lot of mass effect one fans cold Mm-hmm. Like the RPG elements weren't just kind of dialed back. They were um, they were completely chopped away almost. But I think, and well, I think Mass Effect 2 is a far better game. Um, just one question to kind of yeah. pull you back into, because just because you spoke so positively of, of the first Mass Effect. What, what in the Legendary Edition was actually better though? Because like Steph, my, sorry, my partner Steph played the first one and mm-hmm. feels that the remaster actually did fix like a lot of gameplay issues. I'm yeah. not sure. Did, did, did it take anything from Aspect 2 or 3? It play, like, it, it's easy to forget, but it plays much better. Mm-hmm. In Aspect 1, the original one, Shepard is like, he's really floaty. His, his, or her, his, move, his movement is really, <laughs> his movement is really awkward. And it still kind of is in the new one, but it's like, it's night and, it's night and day. Um, I think and they fix they fix some of like the Mako sections, which were completely yeah, or the Mako, however you say it. Oh, yeah, the, they, the driving thing. Yeah, yeah the, the I, I'm I'm driving around in it, and I'm going in my head. I'm like, this is definitely better than the original because I'm not furious all the time, but it's still really tedious. And and that's the problem with a remaster of um, Mass Effect One is that there's some fundamentals about it you can't fix. I think it has some atrocious level design. Uh, especially when you start going into the side content, when you start mm-hmm. doing missions and you start flying to planets, driving around for a while, and then you go to this like subterranean base, and every time it's the same level design. They just copy and pasted the facilities, and they're just like really drab level designs. I think when they went on to making two, Bioware were just like, okay, we're RPG guys. We made Knights of the Old Republic. Well, I think like we need to learn to design levels for a shooter, not for an RPG. And I think that's what the awkward thing about um, Aspect One is, is that they, they were really good at. Um, making this big story-driven epic, but, like, making a shooter and designing levels, um, like, it's not on. I actually, for anyone buying the Legendary Edition, I can't even recommend it. But, Marcy, you said your girlfriend's loving it, right? Yeah, she's never played two or three. So it's almost like someone who doesn't know how good the series can be. But it's like, yeah. She could be one one of those people. No, no, she played through the first one twice. Mm. Um, uh, like a long time ago, but I think she's never played two or three yet. So for her, it must be a case of because, like, I see what you're saying, Liam. Like, and I, I've never gone back to play one because I've heard so many bad things about it. But I do, I, I, I get what you're saying in regards to the story and the characters are enough to pull you through it. I think that's what's happened with her twice. I won't lie, has it put a strain in our relationship? Probably <laughs> has. When I'm sitting over on the couch, I'm like, will you just fucking finish it and play? Two because it's a far superior game, and she's like, "No, I gotta go explore all these planets." She just walked <laughs> in the room. As I was talking shit. You didn't, you didn't hear that? No, it's okay. We, no, we, we, we can edit it all out. Choose the goodbye. Choose the goodbye yeah, dialogue option, Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, but I actually said to my girlfriend Fiona, "I was like, um, Mass Effect is a problem because I am going to get." so into this i know from the last time i played it um i'm going to get so into this game it's so absorbing and that's the thing i know as soon as i gotta get past like i i, I tend to turn off mass effect one because it's kind of giving me a headache but as soon as i get to two i just know in my heart i'm gonna want to only play it i remember how i am with um with mass effect it's just so wonderful in a kind of, in a kind of i kind of don't like the person it makes me when i played it um 
when I played it the first time, when I played the trilogy the first time, I was like aggressively single. So this time I'm going to have to make. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't want. I don't want him to elaborate. I don't want. To it means it, it, it means I hadn't had a partner since. Oh, let me do the maths. My entire living life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, now yeah, now I'm. Even though I don't, I, even though I dislike one, I um, I'm finding it. I'm just. Oh, I'm back in this world, and I'm so happy to be there. It's so empty. That's true. It. It's, it is true, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, you know, if if I'm gonna add anything to this conversation right now, it's the world of Mass Effect One is a very lonely place. Even so though, sad. even even though you're surrounded by all of these great characters, um, like the the game seems so sprawling, but then when you go down onto the planets, as Liam said, in terms of level design, it's just so lonely. Just the idea of pro Liam just so lonely playing such a lonely game. Just driving through lonely planets. Oh, oh. oh whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but Mass Effect 2. Marcy, since you've played that one, do you want to like jump in on that? <laughs> yeah, I should. I should add something here. Um, <laughs> one of your review, not as lonely as the first. Yeah, <laughs> less lonely than one. Um, honestly, Mass Effect Two. So I, I've started doing this little thing uh, the last little while where I'm like writing about moments in video games that really stick out. Yeah. You know, in my in my you know my past that are very nostalgic, but are also maybe kind of well known in the the gaming industry. Um, I had always been looking. I think I had just finished watching Battlestar Galactica around that time. And I, is that possible? Did it wrap up by then? I think it was around the same time. Um, but I've been looking for like a video game version of that. And like I played things like Deus Ex. Um, I had played a long time ago. I think Owen might remember this. Uh, uh, the PC version of Blade Runner. It was like a point-and-click kind of adventure. Cool game. Yeah, okay. So, you, you know, yeah, but it was a very cool game. So I've been kind of looking for something like that. And then Mass Effect 2. I was like, oh, wow. As I said, I didn't think one was great. To me, Mass Effect 2 is one of the best games ever made. Like, I genuinely think it should be up there with any other video game anyone talks about. Um, and I remember booting it up, and that scene, which I'm uh, writing something about now, hopefully soon, um, when you when the Normandy is first kind of breaking apart at the start of 2, there's a scene where Joker, voiced by Seth Green, if I remember correctly. Right. He's, he's yeah, a pilot. fan of the podcast. Yeah, uh, huge fan, yeah. Um, he's, he's on... <laughs> He's on next week. Um, but there's a scene where you have to go back and kind of rescue him, and he's like, and he's in the driving seat. And as you turn around to go back to that part of the ship, a huge part of the ship kind of disintegrates and blows apart. So you're actually walking through the ship, but you're technically outside in space. Um, I just remember the minute that happened, I was like, wow, this is absolutely, this is so different. It's incredible. It's mind blowing. And Marcy, if you've played the first one, I kind of another kind of layer to that is that's your home in the first mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. That's your ship. And the one thing we didn't really dwell on in talking about the first one is I do like between missions, wandering around in Normandy, your spaceship, and checking in with your crew and getting to know them. So the fact that that set piece happens at the beginning of two and it's destroyed and you're kind of walking through the ruins of it was a, such a such a bold and effective way to start a sequel. Yeah, and and killing Shepard. Like yeah, yeah, your main you know, character dies. Spoiler alert! Way after saying that there, um, but <laughs> uh, to me, like we get to three, but for me, two was an incredible shooter, incredible story, proper choices. Um, I think it's an absolutely incredible game. Um, it probably still has faults for sure. Um, 
<laughs> but almost yeah. ten, over 10 years old now. Mm-hmm. Surely it does. Mm-hmm. It's just that kind of, I always was a bit sick of when it was happening, the kind of glut of cover-based shooters, you know, the chest-high walls all over the place. I remember back in 2016 when Doom came out, the, the new Doom game, I just found it such a breath of fresh air that you were zipping around levels and shooting them. Um, so I haven't played Mass Effect 2 in a long time. I remember it being such an excellent shooter in comparison to the first one, but I wonder, is that style of shooter now just kind of aged anyway? Maybe not, though. Well, I don't know. Like, you're, if you go back and play something like Gears of War, which, you know, is revolutionized, if not really introduced a third-person cover-based shooter, that still feels super responsive and super good. Mm. Um, and I think... And I think that's what Mass Effect 2 learned a lot. It lear- I think it learned a lot from other and better uh, yeah. games that made itself better. It did, yeah. But I, I will say, though, touching your point, Liam, it feels like a bit of a, a bygone era where like third-person shooters, I can't think of one that I've played recently that was a new. Like a recent release in the last two or three years that was like a predominantly, besides maybe Gears, which I know you love, Owen. Um, it felt like around that time that everything was a third person cover yeah, shooter. All came from Resident Evil 4. Kind of mm-hmm. started an era. Mm. Um, the genius of Mass Effect 2, and I mean it, the genius in writing an interactive video game narrative, is in terms of the grand plotline of Mass Effect, it's about a group of an alien race of giant robots that every 50,000 years or whatever they come and they destroy the universe. It's about stopping them. In terms of the overarching plotline of Mass Effect, all the setup is in one and all the payoff is in three. The middle chapter two actually has very little of the, um, you know, development in terms of the mm-hmm. main plot. You're, you're fighting another race of aliens called the Collectors who are bad, but not as bad as the main aliens. So it could have easily been filler. But the genius behind it is that it's all set around, you've got to, you've got to go to this collector's home world. I can't remember the specifics. And it's essentially a suicide mission. It's a suicide mission, yeah. yeah. You're, it's you're work- very dark. Like you're working, is, for, yeah. you're, you're working for kind of a nastier group this time. You're not, you're not in the space UN or whatever Martin, you want to call Martin, it. Martin Sheen. Martin you're Sheen. Working, you're working, working for Martin Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. You're working directly for Martin Sheen, yeah. That's the so, name yeah. of the game as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're kind of you know, below the kind of... Um, the grid, so to speak, and you you have to collect a crew of ne'er do wells. These this time you this time your characters there are sad assassins and uh, mad scientists and stuff like that. So the whole game is collecting this crew and getting to know them over the course of the game, and then eventually culminating in a quote unquote suicide mission. And depending on your actions during the game, how loyal your crew are, and some other things, any or or all of them or or none of them can die during that suicide mission. Mm-hmm. That is such a genius setup for mm-hmm. a game and so so the main goal of the narrative of that game isn't really to kind of push the story forward it's to make sure you give a shit about those characters by the time you get to that suicide mission and it does that like 10 out of 10 <laughs> they nailed it because that's, that's like, it, like the best crew it, of of rpg characters i've ever had i think in a game i yeah. love them well pretty much they do they doubled the count which from Mass Effect 1, I think there's 12, 13 in, in Mass Effect 2. So already they have a feat on their hands of actually making you care about each and every one. But what they did is they doubled down on the thing that like Bioware are so extremely good at, which is incredible writing, right? So yeah. it's so even aside from any potential poor um, level design that Mass Effect 2 might have, it's completely elevated by the narrative that it's telling during what I think they call the the loyalty missions, which are essentially your side missions, and everyone gets 
everyone gets their moment, yeah. which is which is absolutely wonderful in my in my opinion. I would say the only character that's weak in Mass Effect Two is Jacob. Yeah, you meet Jacob. It's, 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 it's a it's joke. The Bab- it's the Babylon. It's the Babylon Five effect again, man. Yeah, you got you got the human character, and then you got the all the uh, way other interesting characters. Like like Garrus is so well written. Uh, like uh, the Krogan is, is it, or his name Krogan? Grunt. Is it, is it, is it, is Grunt. Yeah. He's incredible. I just remember the first, I remember my free play Mass Effect Two last week. You meet Jacob really early on, and like one of his is just the minute he starts speaking, it's like oh. <laughs> why did i bring you to the end the last time around um i call that the ashley effect in number one yeah, i'm not a fan of actually actually or caden oh, in the three as well oh, actually's in one. Oh, okay okay yeah 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 she's actually two as well no as long as she survives one she can die one in one oh. you have to choose um, to either save her or caden alenko the other crew member can i ask you a question that i know a lot of our listeners are, are probably thinking um right now uh, are having since the start of the podcast. Who did you make Shepard have sex with? Um, Shepard or me? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, he was aggressively single. <laughs> <laughs> Making people have sex with him. Okay. Uh, legal you know, legal like, liability on the podcast. But Liara. 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 Yeah. Liara is good. Tally. Tally. Oh, yeah, Tally. Is no, Tally is the Quarian. Yeah. Liara oh. is the blue. The blue. And then. Tally is the one behind the mask. But you know what? Do you know oh, what, Marcy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Marcy? I, I think all these these blase romantic options like pale in comparison to my best bud, best video game bud in the world, Garrus Vicarian, <laughs> the best fucking video game character ever made. I, like it, it made me stop caring about like a romantic plot of the game and who I chose because I, I absolutely love that character and the kind of arc they give him through the he's he's a cop in the first one but he's yeah. disillusioned he's like i can't get my results because of bureaucracy and he's an alien by the way in case people don't know what he looks like and then in the second one he's become a kind of a fucking murderous vigilante um so it's taken that kind of he's I, I need to get my own results to the to the end so his arc reflects shepherd if you start playing shepherd as a kind of um kind of a, a badass who doesn't play by the rules garris will follow along but how i prefer to play mass effect is i'm a goody two-shoes and you can kind of pull mass effect into kind of uh pull mass effect because garris is my mass effect <laughs> you can pull <laughs> you can pull garris into kind of higher moral standards sure you, and... sure you can yeah no you can not romance him actually you can if you're playing yeah. a female if you're playing a female shepherd but um he's one of my favorite video game characters of all time he is um expertly written and the voice actor who I, I should have learned his name knowing that I was going to like wax lyrical. Uh, that's the thing just to might as well put it in here better place than any is that a uh, mass effect. The entire trilogy deserves some kind of video game accolade for the voice acting. It's mm. unbelievable. They it's did top-notch. such a good job. Yeah. Top notch. Marcy exactly is the word. Dane, Dane was my favorite. Yeah. The, I, sad, the sad assassin boy. The sad oh. assassin who, who like questions mortality whenever he like kills someone i just like it's so good it's almost so kojima-esque that i just love it i am i I still have a soft spot for miranda um Mm. so i don't know i don't know what that noise was i wish i didn't make it (laughs) i think i that much she had a very sad story about how she couldn't get pregnant though wasn't that part of her story she was engineered right she was yeah she was like created to be perfect Whatever, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Mass Effect 2. All the characters' backstories 
Except maybe Jacob. I think Marcy kind of hit, a, hit something on the head there. <laughs> Can I ask you this, just, though, then, again, yeah. so when I generally play video games, for some reason, like a bit of a narcissist maybe, I tend to play the the meaner side. Like if I play The Witcher or Skyrim. It doesn't surprise you know. me. No, I, I know. Like you're a good dude, uh, but that still doesn't surprise me. Ah, he named I, all but, the NPCs Craig, apparently. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> he's not worth it. But I think uh, Mass Effect's one of the few games I've played. I think Par- is Paragon and Renegade are the two options. Yeah, you have. yeah. That's right. I, th- I think I've I, I have to do Paragon. I have to have Shepard as this pure kind of yeah. saving everyone he can, making every right decision. Did you guys both play a similar kind of? Well, well do you know what? I, do you know what I hate is when like you know people talk about video games. Maybe outlets talk about video games that maybe you know are a bit more mainstream and don't really like, but this is going back in the past now, like through the years and just like people who play video games, they just like to, you know, pretend they're in the shoes of, you know, these other characters. And it's such a, it's such a, it just undersells how good playing a game is and playing a story driven game. We're not sitting there going, I'm Link. Whoa, look at me. I'm doing the thing. And then, you know, I, I can feel that way. And, and, and they'll be like, when I play Mass Effect, I am just, in my living room, pretending to be fucking Captain Wow, the best captain in the universe, being best friends to my entire space crew, <laughs> saving the world. I actually love the role playing aspect of yeah. Mass Effect. I would never dare play at Renegade. I I want to be young, hot Captain Picard. That's what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to In Treatment <laughs> with uh, Lee Sheen. Is... <laughs> I've had a, a, you know, it's been a long year. But, uh, Liam, but Liam, you are, you, you are, like, you, you touch on something really good because Mass Effect does something that only video games can actually do. Like, like, genuinely. Um, you know, I think from the very beginning, um, Casey Hudson and the team over at Bayer, where Casey Hudson being one of the developers, the initial pitch was we're going to do something, um, that is going to span three games where, you know, we're going to take the fundamentals of KOTOR, Knights of the Old, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, um, where, you know, some choices made um, some determination what the outcome of that game would be, but we're going to do it over three games. You know, fucking Neo was always going to die or whatever happened to fucking Matrix. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, as in none of that, the, you can't do this with films. You can do it to a certain degree with books, but it doesn't. Yeah. There's just, you can't really do that interplay of interactions in any other medium. And I think, um, well, actually, we are starting to see it on Netflix now with something like Bandersnatch. Saying that, nothing is done as, as well as Mass Effect. I just blew my own mind there, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were say Black Mirror. Um, That's what it was, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Was that what the, the episode was called? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was really creepy. Um, yeah, man. Like, But before we were doing this one today, I was kind of thinking, uh, has there have I had a more enjoyable role-playing experience playing a video game? Um, or a game has pulled me so much into the main character as much. And I actually remember I didn't enjoy Mass Effect 2 and 3 that much from a role-playing point, point of view because at the time um, I decided to not go with Default Shepard. I said, like, I'm going to put a bit of a spin on this and I'm gonna actually edit him, make him look a bit different. <laughs> I, I made one of the ugliest-looking <laughs> heroes of all time. Like, unbelie- And literally thinking at the time, going... I don't like that now, but I couldn't be bothered resetting it, going it again. <laughs> but I'm sure at some point over the next 60, 70 hours, they'll let me change the look of Shepard. And they didn't. 
So I had to play through two and three with the derpiest looking man of all time. But to your point, Liam, I don't think there's been a better collection of characters yeah. that have kind of sucked me into a game as much as Mass Effect has. Um, and we can talk about the ending of three and what that did and maybe how it wasn't the perfect ending. Um, but from a role-playing element, it just hits every note so, so well. And you say role-playing, you, we, we are literally talking about, you know, being this captain, not the numbers and leveling up and stuff like that. I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Mass Effect 3, um, Owen, I know you haven't played it. It's... I'm very, I've, I have a lot of, like, I know a lot of and heard a lot of hearsay. So, like, I'm super intrigued to talk to you guys about everything that I have heard. So dive into it, Liam, and I have questions for you. Well, see, it, I think it's the most famous um, or infamous for having um, an ending so bad, it made fans angrily petition for them to change it to the point where Bioware actually added um, a potential extra ending that was kind of half measure enough and not really what people wanted. But still, there was I think that was the first time I remember kind of getting the fear in my heart going, oh no, the internet has allowed fans to bitch enough that they can actually fucking make things happen. This power should not be wielded by nerds. But um, Mass Effect 3, I don't like the ending. Marcy, do you like it? No. No, so I'm not here to defend the ending of Mass Effect 3. I think it kind of falls short and the hours and hours and build up and great writing. But what that ending seems to overshadow is the fact that Mass Effect 3, on the lead up to that, the, the game itself, is a game full of endings. It's a game full of um, top plot lines being tied up. And big dramatic moments, definitely in terms of making um, choices that has the toughest choices in the entire trilogy because it's two games worth, two and a half games worth of buildup. And it's it's really effective, I think. And also it's um, it's a wartime story, unlike the other ones. So you're in mm. the middle of war and it's, like, it's, it's very cool in terms of that. I think some of the most emotional moments um, are in Mass Effect 3 and some of the biggest um, narrative moments um, are in Mass Effect 3. But kind of people only tend to remember the ending, which is pretty shit, unfortunately. They kind of dropped the ball on it. Yeah, and like it, it, it must have been so hard to try and get together and think of an ending that would appease everyone. Like you can't for a series like that that makes each that makes each playthrough so unique. I don't know how you wrap that up in a proper way. Yeah. Um, but like I, I think there's I might be I'm probably gonna be wrong here now, but I think there's eight endings. I might be wrong about that. I thought there was um, only three. There's only three. Three. They add a bunch. I know. They, okay. Yeah. No, they add no. There was two, and they added one. I think now. I thought that was, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way off here, but I remember my first playthrough, I had the worst ending possible where <laughs> everyone died. Because I think, that, I think like the ship is starting to disintegrate, it's being attacked, you're trying to get oh Shepard like on his final point. Um, and Jacob, going back to him, he died because uh, a rocket exploded outside a window he was standing near, and that killed him. Devastating loss. Um, for my playthrough but it, it was it was a kind of thing where I was like oh my god I, I, I think I've had a terrible ending everyone has died it was very very emotional but I think the the problem with the ending of three that people were so disappointed with was that it robbed the one thing that you loved about the series so much away from you and it was that choice mm-hmm. like you, the, the choice they're given at the end is almost I think it's you've got a decision I don't want to spoil it for you too much your own. So yeah, you know. it's like I'm I'm fine. So it's, it's, yeah. like, drive into it's it. so banal. I can't even remember the details of it though. It, it was you had an option to uh, control the Reapers. So you actually can take control of them and will them to your will, which I think is kind of more what the elusive man wanted. I think the other was you can you could just literally disintegrate Earth, like just like that's it. We lose Earth as a big colony, but we can kind of repopulate elsewhere. Um, and when own or sorry, when Neil talks about banal, I can't even remember the third one. 
it was just so banal. You um, combine with synthetics, synthetics and organics uh, yeah. all through the world combined, which I actually think is thematically probably works better than the other two endings, but no one is really happy with that. It's just kind of like, oh, well, so everyone becomes robots now. No. Yeah. But yeah. like Mass Victory especially ends up becoming very much about, because uh, um, the, the main threat Reapers turn out, well, it's from the start, they don't turn out, they're big, gigantic robots. The story actually very much becomes about uh, evolution of organics and how they create synthetics and then how the world is cyclically, or the universe is cyclically destroyed and that, and that keeps happening over and over again. So combining the two is kind of a very lazy writer way to go. Robots and humans, friends now. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I think that's 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 what all the complaining online got people, and I think no one was happy with it. It's the ending I, I got when I originally played Mass Effect Three. Actually, I can only imagine from a gameplay perspective, though. It does it ha- like is it the magnum opus of the first two two games? Like, surely it combines all of the best bits. It's more RPG ish than two is. Mm. It has more. Um, equipment and going menus and stuff like that. Um, it's yeah, probably, it's, it's definitely it's the best shooter as well. Yeah, they had a bunch of like, features like you could like customize your weapons way more and, and that kind of thing. But it, like the story and like all the things that made two so brilliant are still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just even the lead up to that kind of final section, you, the choices you've made, it, it the story just kind of almost says, "Hey, we're going to kind of take over here for a while." And this is where Shepard's mm-hmm. going to go, and you can't really deviate from that. I'm sorry. Um, it's just, there- I, still, I still think, though, just sorry, one point is like what Liam said, it's still it's some of the best games ever made, though. I would almost say it's, <laughs> it's still like an incredible game. Like, it because because I, waited, cause I waited two years to play it, I was very much aware of how fans hated the ending. And, and uh, I didn't know anything else about the game until I started playing it. And I was very shocked about how good it was i think uh, the the, the, re- the hatred for the ending really did like overshadow everything else what about from an exploration point of view did they no, did they add or take away anything no it's more like two you land and do missions and you're in kind of isolated zones that are kind of built around kind of being a shooter and kind of story driven bits there's no mako type you know you land on a planet and you explore empty mm. areas i think the fourth game andromeda which I'm, I, I am not an expert to talk about i think that brought that back um no um there's optional missions up to a zoo in three if i remember correctly but in terms of exploration it's you're on a map and you choose what missions to land on be they side missions loyalty missions i, I think are back and, what about yeah. the uh the super fun mini game of collecting resources from planets? No, I don't think that was, <laughs> that was actually that was actually the one that was actually the one blemish on two. It was um, so small, though. such a small blemish. Like yeah. it was it was tedious, but it was yeah. when, I yeah. found it really relaxing. I <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you're, shoot, you're, you're shooting probes down to planets to collect resources. It's one of those really tedious mini games that like re- like if you do it a lot, rewards you like so much with like because you can use those um the materials you get to, like get better equipment and upgrades. And I kind of hate when developers hold you ransom by going, if you can do this tedious thing longer than the other person, you'll be better at the game. Um, so I actually think that is a negative from Aspect 2. But apparently they patched it and made it quicker. Um, and I Ooh. think that's the version we get in the Legendary Edition. Yeah. There's one thing we haven't touched on about 3 that probably as long as we do this podcast, we won't talk that much about because I think either of us or any of us are really into that much. But I got absolutely addicted to it. Mass Effect 3 added multiplayer yeah. um, to the series, um, which was not needed. Uh, it didn't make any sense and didn't really tie into the story in any way. But it was a whole bunch of fun. Like, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was... Uh, like, I'm trying to think back about it. It was just... 
the, it never grew that big. The base of people playing it, it never really caught on that massively. Um, but like back in the time when say things like Modern Warfare Two were or maybe three at the time were so so big, it was just like a different kind of mm-hmm. atmosphere option. Um, but they did a really good job for it. Have either of you guys did? Well, you didn't know because you played three. No. But did you play the multiplayer at all, Liam, on three? No. In fact, you could hopefully it'll become a kind of um, a recurring segment on this podcast where you'll say, "Did you play the multiplayer?" And I'd be like, <laughs> "No, sorry." And I'd be, I am apologetic, but I no, I have not. I, I never bothered. It's not really well, when I play those games. That's not what I'm looking for. I appreciate that it was there, and now that I never knew it was good until you just said it. <laughs> right now, <laughs> it, it reminds me, Marcy, of like exactly what you said. It reminds me of Uncharted Two. I think it was Uncharted yeah. 2, or was it Uncharted 3 that had the inclusion, I think two. it was 2, it's had two, that yeah. in- had the inclusion of multiplayer, and that, and that's it's where really you, good. and it's it's brilliant, right, because I think yeah. when you have tight, when you have tight controls, which I imagined, I, what I've read and what I've heard about, about 3, which everyone says is their favorite to control as a third person shooter, um, th- then I could totally see myself getting hooked on a, a simple I, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like complications in their multiplayer. Yeah, like, I'm exactly. a death match guy. You know what I mean? Like, th- th- that's I'm, exactly I'm, I'm, I'm a bomberman guy. That's what I was. <laughs> Any more complicated than bomberman? I don't want to play it. Let's, let's not talk about your weekend exploits uh, on the <laughs> podcast. But I think uh, the reason, uh, yeah, that's it. Man. It was just so kind of point and shoot, basic team death match, death match. It really reminds me of a game that I have not thought about in a long, long time. It was Jetpack Gemini. For the N64. love jetpack oh my god i actually just wrote something about it for our for our one of our no posts, way actually. no yeah. way that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't the not yeah not it a actually really wasn't, wasn't a setup, yeah. jeff force gemini delightful to hear that that's why we have you on him <laughs> well marcy brought it up if you remember if you remember <laughs> i want to i want to talk about something in um mass Effect 3 it's um Yo, actually, it's the it's the whole series actually, but um, it's uh, going to be negative and then a positive. It's the fact that uh, Mass Effect is was published by EA in the twenty uh. in the twenty tens. So it was no, sorry, in the two thousands in the early twenty tens. Yeah. So it was rife with DLC, yeah. which is fine. Money. A lot of the DLC is fine, but a lot of the things they made DLC were so nasty that 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 that, that was DLC. Mass Effect three had an entire character you got to pay for. To be in the game and this one like mass effect 2 had a couple of dlc characters but they really did feel like dlc characters where they were kind of cool one of them was a ninja girl one of them was like an old hardened um badass assassin guy who didn't give a shit so that's kind of thing where they're cool to kind of get as an added bonus because you know they're not going to affect the story too much but they're cool to have around mass effect 3 had a character where if you played that game without buying him as a dlc you lose a whole chunk of the story you lose a whole mm-hmm. like important part of it which is another reason why playing this legendary edition now is like absolutely the best way to play these games because you have everything just there without paying extra but i was just like uh, i just remember playing those games and just i really felt kind of like they had me by the balls because i mm-hmm. really did love the franchise and i wanted to get every dlc i could because i wanted the content you know you know when you like a video game you genuinely want to play more of a video game <laughs> that, that kind of thing you know it's low school it's low school <laughs> feeling it's very and, interesting uh, being a video game consumer though right it, it's yeah. it's so much different to everything else because i was going to text you guys this but i had a day where i was playing the legendary collection and i it took me about 15 to 20 minutes to actually get this thing booted properly of you know uh, of a remaster of a game that's you know from 2007 and 
we're you know a bunch of consumers who probably don't vote with their wallet enough i was so convinced that i was like you know what i should probably ask ea for a refund here you know what but no but genuinely it's like we knew we yeah. knew, we were speaking about it before we started recording that the like the originals was littered with glitches but the remaster of a game that's from 20, 2007 should not be and should not have no you're right the amount of glitches that at least I've incurred, and I paid you know ninety ninety five dollars for a game like this. You're a toy, right, man? But like, there are some great. Just back to DLC for seconds. Like, I just want to say, in case I forget, Shadow of the Lair Breaker, Broker, I think it was called Broker. So yeah, one Lair, of the best. Lair, sure. That's it. Thank you. You, one had, of the best. you had all the words. I've had I've had like a, a minimum four uh, four points against. Um, <laughs> so that, that's probably why, why that happened. Um, but uh, honestly, on like. We talked about like the the Mario remasters recently um, uh, for Switch. While they didn't add anything, they were very playable games, and they ran really, really well, and they were enjoyable. Man, it's it's just it's actually disappointing when you're buying a series that you've bought already. I'm not sure how it mass effect how much it cost back in Ireland when we bought it back in like 2009, 2012. Um, but we've put a lot of money, and we've given a lot of money to EA over the years. I honestly think. It was either released too early, um, or so- something's gone on there. Because I didn't play one, but I played two. I played about three and a half hours of of two. I had two crashes on PC. I had cutscenes where NPCs didn't load. I had no, dialogue. sorry, Mar- sorry, Marcy. Are you talking about now the Legendary Edition now? Yeah, sorry, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, the Legendary Edition. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I funny enough, maybe again because of all the points against, I can't remember what kind of issues I had with the uh, original games. <laughs> on, on PS3 um, but I remember going to Legend Edition not like expecting to see things in 4K and things to run at 60 frames per second and look brilliant they did for maybe half the time the other half was uh, game breaking bugs and that's like I'm not as Owen said you're not really asking for miracles the game's a decade old like it's not my, that mine, hard to fix mine has been fine on PS4 but it did just just crash out of nowhere and brought me back to the PlayStation menu for no reason once. So I I don't feel like it's riddled. Uh, I, I said to you already, it feels as bad as original Mass Effect. But I see that's playing, the thing. It feels playing, like yeah, yeah. It feels it, it like it yeah. feels mm. like how it played when you originally got it. You know what I mean? Like it it looks like you thought it looked. But the funny thing is, to that point is uh, you, you guys said the name of it, the vehicle that you use in Mass Effect One. Yeah, Redis. Yeah, Reddit is going crazy. People said, "Why did they? Why did they improve the handling? Like, I wanted the handling to be the same for what it was in 2007." Oh, that is Stockholm. So, I know. Yeah, I hate, so they, I hate they can't that win, it's, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a stupid point of view. It's a silly way to, to approach it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't played three yet. When I get to the hope, three wasn't that buggy. I remember when it came out. But um, yeah, you, you, you've been lucky, Liam, if you haven't encountered that many um, that many bugs. And it's a funny one because it's not open world. And this is what I can't like kind of, I, I, you know, obviously I don't work in video games. We appreciate everyone and the hard work that they obviously do for those who do work in the industry. But it, it is one of those things of like compare it to a Skyrim or compare it to a Witcher where, you know, you have this huge, massive map. But something like Mass Effect is tied together with, you know, just location spaces. Um, so it, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. With so, EA, it's like call you can almost call it what it is. It's like electronic arts are 
like they're almost the devil. They're close. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, it's close to a sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I always bring up the devil every episode. Um, honestly, it, they just disappoint me again and again. Um, like Owen, here's an example. Owen about three weeks ago messaged me and said, hey. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went, yeah, man. After, after I just started the year. No, but I, he just said like FIFA 21 is now available on, I think, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. play. I was like, awesome, man. Let's do it. Um, I downloaded it. I actually didn't text you back saying awesome. This at all. <laughs> I, I, nice. I, I, I went off and downloaded it. No, because I was so caught up in the moment. Went off and downloaded it. Um, I was like, I'll take a couple of games and get myself up to like a decent skill level before I play Owen because Owen's very good at it. Um, it was just a car crash. It was awful. And it felt like the last FIFA I played was FIFA 19, maybe. It felt the exact same. Like nothing had changed. So I don't want to put any kind of the the lack of progress on Bioware, I'd almost put it on like, on EA um, in regards to kind of how the, the remaster just didn't really, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't really fix those bugs or didn't, didn't patch it out. So in terms of the future of Mass Effect then, gentlemen, what are your expectations, wish lists that you would love to see in um, a next-gen Mass Effect? Oh God, just give it to your A-team this time, Bioware, and, just, and also EA, let them make it. Like um, Anthem, the last game that Bioware made, like apparently it's not good. It's not my genre anyway, so I can't judge it, and I don't want to get into it. I played it, but but for me, yeah, it just felt like a, it felt like a studio held hostage, playing or, make, or developing a game a genre that wasn't really their thing. Let them make story driven single player games, and the last one we got, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is another game I haven't played, so I'm not going to shit on it. Um, apparently, it's better than. Um, its reputation even though it's rifle problems hmm. but i just feel like give let, i hope i were make another mass effect game and it's there like as much of the original team as possible mm-hmm. other than that they can do whatever they want i trust them to be honest so it's funny and andromeda from what i was reading about it the the story is that they were trying to do a no man's sky technology um yeah. in terms so it was going to be and what i think marcy you played it is very exploration yeah. heavy right very, and, yeah. yeah, and they tried to do a procedurally generated world, um, and but they couldn't find a way to fit a Bioware story in a technology that constantly gives you something different every time that you land on a planet. That seems like a game design problem, honestly. That seems, uh, I'm to be honest, that seems like they're fucking too big for their britches. Mm-hmm. You design the best game you can. You don't try to cram game design into places where it doesn't fit. If they can't make a No Man's Sky big explorable alien world and have a compelling narrative, you need to zone in on what is compelling about the games you've already made, which is the narrative. I don't need big explorable planets in the Mass Effect game. I need good characters and a good story. And, you know, so maybe they should have, you know, realized, I'm sure, I, I I don't know why that was so harsh. You know, their game developers are like, it's so, it's so difficult. But I just, I just, the way you said that there just makes me feel like that, that in the in conceptual stages that should have been yeah they're trying to, trying to put a square into a triangle you know yeah, what I mean? like yeah square and peg hole kind of thing it, uh, it's one of those games where if we went back when i played it i'd probably only talk very harshly for like maybe you know 40 to 45 minutes <laughs> about how because i bought i bought like a big legendary collector's edition i was so excited for it um and it is probably the most disappointing game i've ever played 
Um, <laughs> you said that so casually. God, yeah. <laughs> but like the reason I'm saying it casually is that I've watched a couple and read a bit about it afterwards. And there's a, there's actually two really good YouTube kind of mini docs on it. They're by like say you know creative folks who've kind of dive a bit deep into it. And it is almost exactly what you just said, Liam. It was a, a company or a creative studio being held hostage by a much bigger studio who said, we're going to give you a bunch of money, huge amounts of money, crazy budgets. Can you replicate what you've done before in this time frame?" And they said, no. What you want us to do, we need more time. And they said, well, that's not, that's not an option. Um, Man, I don't even know if I want to waste it. Like, if people are listening to this podcast, I don't want to waste their time talking about Andromeda. It's it's really bad. Like, it, I I now I've I played about maybe I think I played about five or six hours. <laughs> Just the menu, uh, which the options is like was awful. Uh, I played about I played a bit of it. I put it down for about a year and came back to it. Um, and it it just it was like the people who made it just forgot what made the original trilogy so enjoyed and so successful um it goes back to well, the, the point but Liam, go ahead. the infamous thing was the fish expressions right marcy which that, i only ever saw on youtube videos that, but that, that's honestly man that's, that's just a technical issue that's like, EA, but that's ea because ea, is, EA yeah. forced everyone on frostbite their video game engine yeah which which, is, which can be good though frostbite like I, if you play any of the battlefield games frostbite can look great so they what it doesn't have apparently andromeda is actually a very interesting case and there's a lot of interesting like um uh, case studies within the world of video games of what got made and what didn't get made but the developers came out during the andromeda development process and when they were doing like specking out frostbite apparently it doesn't actually have a proper animation system as part of the software so it was something that they had. They literally just like the end result says it all. You know, it's not their fault though. That sounds horrible. That sounds really horrible. Yeah, it sounds like their hands are kind of tied there. But again, yeah. like, you know, it's it's not an issue unless it's you know a dialogue heavy game. <laughs> Which, you know, obviously was, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I think um, it, I will say though, it's not as bad as some people say. Like if you hold up against a lot of other. Third person cover shooters, it's not terrible, but compared to two and three, it's um yeah, I just hope that hope that the next one is better. And um, what do you want to see from the next one, Marcy? Just anything more, but Andromeda? Honestly, just more options to have sex with aliens, and I'll I'll buy it. Um yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. That's it. <laughs> Seal of approval. Oh my god. There was something about, there was there was something about three I wanted to talk about real quick, if you guys don't mind. Of course, Liam. Um, there's DLC in three called Citadel, and um, it's a big, exciting mission in a familiar location from the other two games. But it um, it ends in the ability to throw a party, and um, the biggest compliment and summation of my love for Mass Effect I'll ever give is that you know I'm an Irishman. I have I've had many, many great nights out in my entire life. Sometimes I think about that party in Mass Effect <laughs> that I had, <laughs> where you could. It was. It's, I recommend anyone who's playing on Legendary Edition for the first time to save this DLC right before the end as a final send off. All the characters who are still alive come to this party. You. It, it literally takes about two hours. There's so much dialogue options, and for me, that's the like I said summation of the wonderful world of Mass Effect, where I just cared so much about these characters. I put like 80 hours into the franchise at this point that it was just absolutely wonderful to spend time with them and seeing them interact with each other. 
and it's it's so weird and it's so like nerdy and embarrassing to say but like you know i you know i'm using hyperbole here about how, how i think about it but i still think it's a genius bit of bit of design to allow the player that final kind of um opportunity to hang out with these characters and it's one of my favorite gaming moments ever i thought it was really really well done awesome liam i i i don't think uh we <laughs> it, that's the perfect ending it's a perfect way <laughs> to leave things uh for today's mass mass effect discussion um i went to the washroom though i missed Liam's point do I have to? Do I have to get back and listen to it? You have day? to listen to it on, um, you know, Spotify. Or have, <laughs> I, I did actually have one question I wanted to ask you guys. That a fan, an actual fan, uh, of the podcast asked me to ask you guys. Absolutely, this is a better ending. We have, we have so, two endings. Our first okay. Q and A. Yeah, basically. Um, I won't name them because they asked me not to, which I thought was strange. I was like, "Are you embarrassed?" But okay, that's fine. Um, they. They don't play games that often, um, but they picked up the Legendary Edition. And can you believe it? They've nearly finished all three of them already. Like they, they absolutely love the universe that much. They adore the games. Amazing. Blah, blah, blah. To them, it's the best trilogy ever made, uh, video game-wise. I wanted to ask you guys, um, would you consider it the best uh, video game trilogy ever made? Um, and if you wouldn't, what would you consider above it? Um. Oh, gosh, turn it. It's a very good question. I if none, if none yeah. has jumped to mind, that might be the answer. I, like, I'll throw I'll throw out like some ones that when I was speaking to this person, that kind of came up. We came up. We talked about like say the Batman trilogy, you know, the Arkham games, Uncharted. I kind of put in there, maybe. Um, Uncharted is a quadrilogy, though. Yeah. To steal steal a made up word from the it, Alien DVD box set for, for sure. But I think if you can say the first three games, <laughs> no, but uh, the one that would come to my mind actually is Uncharted. But the, it's the fact that how that fourth game is just such a goddamn masterpiece, and how beautifully so it wraps up that the the effect that that uh, franchise has really rings true with the fourth one. From from the ones that have been mentioned, I don't think any of them are better than Mass Effect. I think if you're going to have your worst game, make it the first one. And I think a couple of those other ones you mentioned, you know, doesn't really go that way. You know, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and it's I, the same. I, you can't you can't necessarily put Metal Gear in there because there's no you, you, four or five. I, yeah, like one, two, and three. Metal Gear, like the first three, are be, are I think it's a, they're better better games in the first three Mass Effects, but I think again, same as Uncharted, you ha- you have to include four mm. in that conversation. Um, Liam, Liam, what about the Metroid Prime trilogy for you as a big Metroid um, fan? No, I prefer Mass Effect. I love the Metroid Prime trilogy, but I actually think um, Metroid Prime 1 is just way better than the other two, but they're great games. That's a good one. Good one. Well done. But Marcy, can you ask your friend to keep his questions to himself? <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I actually have one that he said. <laughs> I know him. He'll actually genuinely be upset about that. No, I, no. I, 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 Thank you. Thank you, Marcy's friend. But, we love you. Yeah, he's great. But he actually did. He did give me one actually good option Dino Crisis. Two, excuse me. Oh man, can you imagine? Um, he, the two he said, and this was interesting for some reason, play games that often were Ratchet and Clank mm-hmm. and Bioshock. 
I'd play Ratchet and Clank, but Bioshock, I'm thinking. Ratchet and Clank, no. I love Ratchet and Clank. I, I assume he's talking about the PS2 trilogy. Um, no, I don't think so. And I honestly, I haven't played Bioshock 2, so I actually can't talk for that trilogy. I've only played um, 1 and Infinite. Oh, but two, 2 is the worst of the 3, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, right? Because like, even all the sentiment that we've had about, about 1, which has been... I would say leaning towards negative than than positive on today's podcast. So it's I'm trying to think of of a potential gaming trilogy that was just super that if nothing even was elevated above extraordinary like a Mass Effect two was, but that was yeah. just super good for 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 three games. Because um, um, I Sonic the, the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog one two and three did it. Sega Mega Drive three. This is before long before Sonic became embarrassing. No, I don't. I don't no. think. No, no that, was, that was. I hated that silence more than any silence <laughs> I've ever experienced. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Well, everyone, we will wrap it up, Marcy. <laughs> Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting the podcast. Your love and appreciation. Uh, you have no idea how much it means to us, and the podcast has been continually growing, and it's all because of you guys. So like love leave a comment share with your friends uh anyone new that you can tell about the show is greatly greatly appreciated um and we love you for it Uh, we will be back again in a couple of weeks discussing another video game franchise that we love do we know what it is no we do not so we should really (laughs) decide until next time everyone thank you so much this has been the hey look listen crew thanks everyone thank you